There are some places which seem to have a mystery about them. The air feels heavier, the energy more electric, and the mindset it creates within us allows us to be more open and accepting of the stranger things in life. It's these places where ghosts come out to play, where mysterious creatures lurk about, and where strange objects dart through the skies. It's these places that weave their way into our legends and folklore and make us want to believe that the world is far more magical and mysterious than we are led to believe. One of these such places is a rather unassuming ranch land which resides in Utah. It's known by many as the Skinwalker Ranch. The Skinwalker Ranch, also called the Sherman Ranch, is a sprawling 500-acre ranch land property located just outside of the small town of Ballard, Utah, and closely borders the Ute Indian Reservation. The land itself is quite majestic, with a small river running serenely through it, lovely pasture land with twisting trees, and an idyllic backdrop of rock formations and mineral-rich soil which offers the most lovely color contrasts one can behold. Couple this with the colors of a sunrise or sunset, and you will almost feel as if you're walking in a work of art. The property's stark beauty gives one the feeling that you're standing on sacred ground. However, as it's often said, looks can be quite deceiving. The lovely backdrop is hiding a much darker and more sinister history than what the lovely colors and moving scenery let on. For the Ute tribe, this 500-acre majesty is considered unholy ground, and many refuse to set foot on or near the property. The Utes believe that the area is cursed and is home to one of the most powerful and feared entities, the Skinwalkers. The Skinwalkers are evil trickster entities which roam the land, tormenting the people as a result of a curse which was placed on the Utes by the Navajo. Before the Ute tribe were forced from their lands and relocated to the Utah Valley Reservation in the late 1800s, they were a powerful tribe, especially known for their skillful and fearsome warriors. During this time, the tribe's territory encompassed a wide range, spanning across what is now Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. When the Europeans began settling in the area and slaughtering the native peoples, the Ute and the Navajo put aside their differences and territorial battles and became allies 
an effort to fight against the common enemy. When the Spanish encountered the Ute tribe, instead of taking arms against them, they struck a deal with the tribe, a trade deal which was crafted for the whole purpose of turning the Ute and Navajo against each other, thus saving the Spanish from having to risk fighting them as allied forces, a battle which the Spanish knew they would surely lose. To entice them over to their side, the Spanish offered the Utes something which they had never encountered before, horses. In return for these fine Spanish horses, the Utes agreed to turn their backs on their allies. While on horseback and yielding fine new weapons, the Utes began abducting the Navajo people and taking them to be sold in the New Mexico slave markets. It was a cold betrayal and one which would forever destroy the peace between the two tribes. It was an act that would eventually lead to great misfortune and sorrow for both tribes for many years to come. By the time the Civil War was in full swing, tensions between the two tribes had become heated and dealings between the two peoples were anything but friendly. So, when Kit Carson led a military campaign against the Navajo, members of the Ute tribe joined the efforts. Perhaps they did so to gain favor with the military, to protect the future of their own people. Or perhaps they simply saw it as an opportunity to easily rid themselves of a people who for generations had been viewed as a menace. Either way, with the help of the Ute, Kit Carson's campaign was successful and the Navajo were forcibly removed from their lands. Those who survived were herded and forced to make the long journey on foot to a reservation in Fort Sumner, New Mexico. It was known as the Long Walk of the Navajo. Legend has it that a shaman or medicine man of the Navajo tribe placed a curse on the Ute people before being forced from the land himself. It was a powerful curse, one which would have come at a great personal cost to the shaman who placed it. It was the curse of the skinwalker. In Navajo culture, powerful figures such as shamans could become a yi Naldushi, a shapeshifter, who can take the form of an animal. Those who possessed such powers were greatly feared by the people. They were considered to be witches. You see, this shapeshifting power wasn't used for communing with animals or for spiritual quests. For the Navajo, it was a form of black magic and was employed for the sole intent 
of inflicting suffering on others. A skinwalker is a medicine man or woman who has attained the highest level of spiritual power achievable in that role. Yet often they crave more and will do whatever it takes to achieve it. So they make a deal with darker forces, a deal which comes at great personal and spiritual cost. In exchange for the power which they seek, they must offer up a sacrifice, committing one of the most sinister deeds one can, taking the life of a family member. Once this is done, the deal is sealed and the former shaman is granted great supernatural powers, including the ability to shapeshift. These new powers are always used for nefarious purposes, as it's said they darken the spirit of those they possess. It was with this knowledge that, as his people were being killed and torn from their land by a band of traitorous youths, a weathered medicine man whispered a pledge into the darkness. He sacrificed love and life for power and vengeance. Alone in the night, he draped himself in a fresh animal pelt and put his curse into play. He cursed the Ute people, vowing them to be forever plagued by dark spirits and the magic of the skinwalkers. From that moment forth, the area and the Ute people have been haunted and tormented by the skinwalkers. Sometimes, the skinwalkers take the form of an animal, such as an owl, wolf, coyote, or fox, and will often peer into the dwellings of their victims, causing great misfortune or even death. Other times, they appear as shadowy figures, mysterious balls of light, or even as mocking, disembodied voices. In many instances, they will form a spiritual attachment to their victims, in essence, possessing them, toying with their minds, causing them to have thoughts of self-harm or endure frightening visions. For over 15 generations, the Uintal Basin has been home to many mysterious and often frightening occurrences. Occurrences which do not seem to limit themselves to the members of the Ute tribe. Almost everyone who has lived in the area seems to have their own story to share of the unexplained. The most well-known, intriguing, and perhaps most frightening of those stories is the experiences of the Sherman family on their Sherman Ranch, known by many today as the Skinwalker Ranch.
The ranch was first established and homesteaded in 1905 by the Myers family. It remained a cherished, multi-generational family property for 82 years until its current owners were no longer able to keep up with the property. In 1987, the beautiful, sprawling ranch land went up for sale. Now, though the land was breathtakingly beautiful and well cared for, it stayed on the market for quite a long time, remaining vacant for seven years. Now, though the Myers family only spoke positively of their time on the property, the folklore and superstitions surrounding the property that bordered that supposedly cursed Skinwalker Ridge made many unwilling, even fearful, to set foot on the property. It wasn't until 1994 that someone finally began to show interest in this now neglected ranch land. When the Shermans first viewed the property, it was love at first sight. The tranquil scenery, the sprawling pastures, and the natural flowing freshwater source made it the absolute perfect property for their newly established cattle venture. The majesty of the land, coupled with the amazing asking price, made the Shermans feel as if this were a dream come true. It just felt as though it was meant to be, as if the land had just been patiently waiting all these years just for them. For the Shermans, purchasing the property was a long-time dream finally realized. It was everything they had wanted, and they soon eagerly moved their family into the lovely homestead. While Mrs. Sherman and the children were busy unpacking and readying the house, Mr. Sherman began unloading his prized and rare breeds of cattle into their new pens. While he was securing the livestock into their new quarters, he noticed something strange. There were two large metal poles with heavy chains attached at one end of the pasture. It looked as though they were used to hold some sort of large animal. But it was so far from the holding pens, its presence didn't make any sense. And it seemed rather odd and out of place. While these heavy changed poles were indeed curious, Mr. Sherman figured that perhaps the previous tenant had kept guard dogs chained there during the nights in order to protect the cattle and alert the family to any predators. Although, even with that explanation, it still came off as just an odd thing to do. While Mr. Sherman was out in the pasture, Mrs. Sherman was about to discover some oddities of her own. 
while making her rounds through the house, vacuuming floors and cleaning the windows, she noticed something very odd. Some curious and rather quirky remnants from the previous owners. Mrs. Sherman discovered, much to her dismay, that every single door and window within the home had a hefty deadbolt lock affixed to it. Even stranger, the windows and front and back doors all had the same type of deadbolts on the outside as well. A feature which did not make sense in the least. While it was very unusual and quite puzzling as to why this had been done, Mrs. Sherman wrote it off to the fact that perhaps due to the previous owner's age, they may have been the target of local mischief makers. Perhaps fearful or to deter a robbery, they had placed the deadbolts around the home as an added layer of protection, which would have made perfect sense if the same deadbolts hadn't been on the outside as well. No matter how she tried, Mrs. Sherman could not come up with a logical reason as to why they had placed the locks on the outside as well. Were they perhaps planning on teaching one of the mischief makers a lesson by trapping them in the house? Even then, that was a pretty strange thing to do as well. The matter of the deadbolt locks was rather curious, but still, not something she felt was worth dwelling on. However, later, when Mrs. Sherman had went about unpacking the kitchen, she couldn't help but to let out a sharp laugh of disbelief when she went to put away the dishes. Even the kitchen cabinets sported those same sturdy, large deadbolts. Either someone had a serious sleepwalking issue, or the previous owners had a sharp sense of humor, or they were clearly insane. A few hours later, after the afternoon wore on, the family took a tour of the pastures and went to visit with some of the new calves. When they approached the pen, they were surprised to see what looked like a very large dog off in the distance, which seemed to be trotting towards them. Is that a wolf? Mrs. Sherman asked, shooting a very worried look over at her husband. I don't think so, he said. It doesn't seem afraid of people. It must be someone's pet. Maybe a wolf dog mix. As if proving his point, the dog came happily trotting up to the family, licking hands and enthusiastically accepting pets. After a few minutes of enjoying the attention, the dog began casually walking away. As it passed by the cattle pen, one of the calves, perhaps curious about the dog, 
stuck its head out from between the bars. As soon as the calf made this move, the dog snarled and clamped its jaws around the poor calf's head. The dog began violently trying to pull the calf through the bars. All the while, the calf was screaming out in pain. And the Shermans looked on, momentarily frozen in disbelief. Soon, the other cattle in the pen began to panic as well, which was enough to shake Mr. Sherman and his son into action. They began beating the animal with sticks, but to no avail. Mr. Sherman then instructed his son to run to the house and fetch his shotgun. When his son returned with the rifle, Mr. Sherman fired several shots into the wolf dog. But the animal was unfazed. He then fired several more and close at point-blank range. The first two shots were as useless as the ones before, but the third shot caused the animal to recoil. And Mr. Sherman noticed that a large mass of flesh had fallen off the animal as the bullet exited. It was after this shot that the strange wolf dog slowly let go of the calf and trotted off as if nothing were wrong with it. Mr. Sherman and his son chased after the animal and tracked it for a short distance until it seemed to vanish into thin air. This encounter with the mysterious wolf dog would set the stage for the rest of their stay on the property. From that moment on, the Shermans were plagued by the appearance of odd and at times destructive animals. There were strange wolves, large coyotes, and even exotic looking birds all of which behaved violently, were larger than normal, and unlike anything naturally inhabiting the area. Most of the time, the animal would be spotted attacking one of their livestock. And then, once approached, the animal would immediately vanish, disappearing into thin air right before their eyes. At first, the Shermans were quite reluctant to speak with anyone about these frightening animal encounters for fear of ridicule. But all that changed when their neighbors began approaching them, wanting to know if they had been seeing any strange-looking creatures. While the strange animal encounters were happening, the Shermans began experiencing another unusual and unsettling phenomena. They began seeing shadowy figures walking by their windows at night, sometimes accompanied by heavy-sounding footsteps. As the weeks wore on, the figures stopped pacing around the perimeter and began peering into their windows. Then, they began walking about inside the house itself, all the while 
accompanied by those sounds of heavy, dragging footsteps. The figures were shadowy, human-like silhouettes, often only spotted out of the corner of the eye. Once these figures entered the house, they created an almost poltergeist-like effect. Doors would open and shut on their own. Items would fly off the shelves, and dishes would hurl themselves out of the kitchen cabinets and crash onto the floor. Now, the Shermans realized the purpose behind all the deadbolts they had once mocked. Just when the stress levels and tensions in the household were reaching their breaking point, the activity seemed to stop. And for a few months, things seemed to calm down and become fairly normal once again. The strange animal sightings stopped and the house was once again a quiet residence free from shadowy figures and their antics. However, just as the Shermans were just beginning to let down their guard, a whole new and disturbing phenomenon picked up around the ranch. One night, while finishing up chores, Mr. Sherman noticed a strange ball of light zipping through the air making a strange, almost static-like sound as it went. A few nights later, the night sky lit up with what looked like 20 different balls of light. These were silent and were unlike any aircraft they had ever seen before. The lights would hover, then zip off, and in an instant, fly off the opposite way, a maneuverability that did not exist in any known aircraft. It wasn't just the Shermans who saw these lights either. Neighbors and residents from all around the area all reported seeing strange objects in the sky. It was after this night that the occurrences on the ranch began to take a slightly more sinister turn, and the Shermans would be pushed to their breaking point. Soon, the Shermans not only saw strange orbs lighting up the sky, but they also began seeing strange, metallic-like craft flying about. They were often circular in nature, and lacked any wings or signs of engines. They flew silently through the air, and every time one of these crafts were sighted, the person seeing them would get a strong feeling of dread. It was almost as if there was something in their head telling them that this was not something they were supposed to be seeing, and continuing to stare up at the craft would result in harm. These particular sightings would be the ones which the Shermans would come to dread the most. 
Almost every time one of these crafts were sighted by either of them or a neighbor, one of the Sherman's prized livestock would end up dead or missing. The first incident involving the mysterious death of their cattle occurred soon after that first sighting. The next morning, as Mr. Sherman was making his rounds on the property, he discovered one of his best cows out of its pen, dead in the middle of the pasture. There was no apparent sign of struggle, and nothing looked out of place, minus a strange hole in the middle of the cow's left eye. It was not a gash or a puncture wound. It looked as though someone had used a very fine precision drill to create the hole. While examining the cow, Mr. Sherman also noted a strange odor, which reminded him of some sort of disinfectant, a chemical sort of smell. A few months later, a few months later, another cow was found dead outside of its pen, again in the middle of the pasture. This time, though, its injuries weren't as benign. Like the cow from before, it had that same strange hole in the middle of one eye. But that was not all. The cow also had a six-inch hole cut out of its rectum, a hole which was cut with absolute surgical precision. There were no traces of blood. The wounds appeared clean. And again, the body had that same odd chemical odor. By now, Mr. Sherman was convinced that this was not the work of a predator or even a local trickster. This, this was something more nefarious. And he believed that it was directly connected to the strange craft he and others had been spotting in the night sky. Over the next year, the Shermans would lose more cattle under the same mysterious circumstances. However, each time they would discover a dead animal, its injuries would be more and more gruesome. Larger samples of the animal would be removed, including flesh and muscle being cleanly removed from bone, including the skull. As before, with each discovery, there was no sign of a struggle, the cuts appeared surgical, there was no blood, and the body always had that same strange, disinfectant-like odor. Some of the cattle just seemed to disappear without a trace. In one highly bizarre instance, Mr. Sherman heard the panicked cries of one of his cows, but when he made his way out to the pen, he was shocked by what he saw. There, in the crisp new fallen snow, 
He could see the tracks of the cow. He could see them going off in the pasture for a short distance. And then they seemed to suddenly stop. As if the animal had just vanished. As Mr. Sherman investigated further, he noticed a lot of broken branches on the ground just shy of where the cow's tracks had stopped. When he lifted his gaze up to the trees, he was alarmed to see that on one of the trees, it appeared as if the top half of it had been sliced off. Almost like something large had smashed into it with great force. While he knew it seemed crazy, he couldn't help but to wonder if that damage to the tree could have perhaps been related to his missing cow. Could something have lifted up the cow and in doing so accidentally knocked it into the tree above it? There were other bizarre occurrences that coincided with the cattle mutilations. At night, large areas of the ranch would seem to just light up with different colors of orange and red and blue. And when inspected the next day, they would discover large patches of the earth that had been dug up as if someone had brought in some sort of heavy machinery and dug up large patches of the earth. However, there was no signs of such machinery. There were no tracks of any sign. No evidence anything like this had happened. So how then were such large pieces of the earth, pieces that would have weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds being extracted. Even more mysterious, the Shermans began hearing strange disembodied voices while out in the pasture. Voices which seemed to be coming from above them, as if they were floating above their heads. What really unnerved them about the voices was that they seemed to be speaking in a mocking tone, yet the language they were speaking was completely unfamiliar. It made the Shermans feel that whatever it was that was out there causing them all of this grief and trouble was doing so for its own strange enjoyment, as if it enjoyed their suffering. As if the death of his cattle and the strange mocking voices weren't enough, Mr. Sherman was also being tormented by odd balls of light. Balls of light which would whiz by him while he was out doing his chores. They would often appear as either an orange or blue light. And as they floated by him, they would give off this odd crackling sound. One orb even looked as though it had some sort of fluid swirling around inside of it. The orbs put Mr. Sherman on edge. 
It was almost as if they were monitoring him. To make matters even more mysterious, one afternoon, while Mr. Sherman was out doing his chores, he saw a large orange ball of light appear almost in front of him up in the sky. And as he watched this large ball of light, he realized that he could see through it. And when he looked through the odd ball of light, he could see sky. But it wasn't anything like our skies. It was a totally different alien sky. And as he watched this orb, he was frightened when he noticed that he could see things coming through it. He saw something that looked like a creature, as if it was pulling and dragging its way through the hole. And then he saw something that looked like another orb shoot out of the hole. Well, this frightened Mr. Sherman, and he ran back to the ranch home. Within a short time, the Shermans were facing a crisis. Not just an emotional crisis, a financial one. They had lost seven of their most highly prized and extremely rare cattle breeds. And if any more losses were to occur, they would be facing bankruptcy. Stress levels were high, and both of them were beginning to feel as though this ranch was a curse. However, with the amount of money they had invested in this ranch, purchasing it and fixing it up, and knowing how long this property had stayed on the market before they purchased it, the Shermans felt they had no choice but to either keep at it or face severe financial ruin. The Sherman's breaking point came one May night in 1996. While Mr. Sherman was out with his dogs, making his final evening rounds, he encountered a bright blue orb floating through the fields close to the ranch house. Seeing this, a strange surge of fear shot through Mr. Sherman, and he commanded the dogs to go after it. The dogs obediently ran through the field, barking and making chase after this mysterious orb. The orb then began to make its way towards some thick brush just on the other side of the house, and the dogs, barking wildly, chased after it. Once in the brush, the dogs suddenly began growling as if they were trying to attack the object. And then the dogs let out several horrific pained yelps. And then all went silent. Mr. Sherman called out several times for them, but there was no sign of them. His heart sank as he realized what had just happened. Fearful, that the orb might still be out there, waiting for him. Mr. Sherman ran back into the house in a panic. 
Early the next morning, as soon as the daylight broke, Mr. Sherman went out to look for the dogs. He made his way to the spot where they had been, but there was no sign of the animals. Instead, all he found were three greasy spots on the ground centered around what appeared to be a small scorched patch of earth. For the Shermans, the loss of their beloved dogs was the final straw. They were now fearful that whatever was happening at the property might turn its focus onto one of them, or even worse, one of their children. At a loss on what to do and desperate for help, the Shermans made the difficult decision to put themselves out there and take their story public. They contacted various newspapers, and their story was first featured in the Salt Lake City newspaper, the Desiree News. Later, the story caught the attention of an investigative journalist, George Knapp, who did a series of articles about the strange occurrences. From here, the story spread and it caught the attentions of all sorts of investigators and ufologists from all over. And though incredibly thankful for some sort of assistance and perhaps even an explanation for the events which had been plaguing them for so long, the Shermans had decided that they had endured enough. They were ready to cut their losses and part with the property. While the Shermans were making the arrangements to sell the property, they received a surprise offer, seemingly out of the blue. Ufologist and millionaire Robert Bigelow approached the Shermans and offered to purchase the ranch from them for $200,000. And though this offer came as a big shock to the Shermans, they happily accepted, knowing this was far more than they could have gotten out of it had they put it on the market. However, as it always seems to be, there was one stipulation to the offer. The Shermans had to agree to remove themselves from the public spotlight and to cease speaking about the events they experienced during their time at the ranch. Though it was honestly an odd request, the Shermans, who were more than happy to put these past few years behind them, agreed without hesitation. After the Shermans had vacated the property, Bigelow, set up a high-tech scientific facility in the old homestead and spent the next decade under the National Institute of Discovery Science studying the ranch. However, the studies yielded no conclusive evidence as to the happenings at the ranch, no evidence on whether or not these happenings could be attributed to anything under the category 
of Paranormal. In 2004, NIDS disbanded, and the project was absorbed by Bigelow's other research entity, the Bigelow Airspace Advanced Space Studies. The BAASS then partnered with the U.S. Department of Defense and their top-secret Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. In this top-secret program, the U.S. government studied reports of UFO activity to determine whether or not these sightings posed any threats to national security. The Skinwalker Ranch property was supposedly of great interest to them based on all the documented activity that had been happening in the area since the 1950s. From 2007 to 2012, the government invested over $22 million into the research partnership with the BAASS and the study of the Skinwalker Ranch. Though news of this top-secret program broke in 2017, most of the documentation regarding this program and its findings especially related to the Skinwalker Ranch, still remain classified. It's currently unknown if their years of study at the ranch yielded any real conclusive evidence, or if it was like before and the results remained inconclusive. In 2012, after Bigelow's company had lost that government contract, the Skinwalker Ranch once again changed hands and was purchased for reportedly around $5 million by a company called Adamantium Real Estate. Whoever this ranch's new owner is, they definitely wish to be anonymous. They have gone to exceedingly great lengths to ensure that they remain so. It's said that the new owner is interested in doing a more thorough investigation of the area. However, some people think the purpose of this is to keep people away from the area, which many believe houses special military operations. It's quite the mystery, and the various scenarios behind it are pretty fun to think about. What do you think about the story of the Skinwalker Ranch? Do you think it truly is a cursed land? Some sort of hotbed for paranormal activity? Or do you think the Shermans were just looking for a quick out of a failing cattle business and took advantage of the superstitions surrounding the area. I want to thank you for listening to this episode and hope you enjoyed hearing the unusual tale of the Skinwalker Ranch. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out our website, nighttideradio.com. That's N-I-G-H-T-T-I-D-E radio.com. You can also find us on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, and so many more of your favorite podcast places.